0: From dirty water to hot, that's where the dogs find themselves this week. Get the details on this week's episode of the Indie Ball Report podcast. Episode 260 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. We're just back again, another episode. I'm not even gonna attempt to make the hot dog joke I was about to try, and I will probably oh, cut that whole that section out joke. because yeah. Because I mean, really, we're talking about the Chicago dogs a lot, and like it's they got like everything on a hot dog out there, except for ketchup, which uh, is kind of weird to me. that you one like you throw like sesame seeds and something and a pickle on a hot dog, but ketchup's the bridge too far.
1: There's something about like in a pickle you could have worked with too. Or just leaned all the way and been like, I got a hot dog, Ryan spring and buns on this week's a new ball report podcast, and then just see the retention fall off.
0: You know, so if you've been following along on Twitter, we'll we'll cue you in on all that Chicago dogs talk that we're doing. And, um, I will address it by saying a lot of this, I got tipped off to, and I spent the past week vetting it. And it seems to be pretty legitimate, but it's obviously a developing story, so we'll update as needed. And we'll stay on this until there is a resolution, we'll say. Now, what the resolution looks like, who the hell knows? Uh,
2: you
1: know. It's going to a Ruby Ridge standoff. What do you mean?
0: I was hoping more Waco, but whatever.
1: <laughs> hey, one and the same, my guy.
0: So the Chicago dog story, uh, let's get into that before we go further off the rails because there's probably about a 30-minute bonus episode in here somewhere that's going to get lobbed off, but plus side, it's going to make this editing process a little bit easier. So, okay.
1: And the worst content in Indie Ball Report history becomes the best content in Indie Ball Nation history. The circle of life.
0: It moves us all.
1: Doesn't it doesn't, though. Tell me about Chicago, man. So, if, and for the listeners, I mean, I I've have some background, what's going on. I've had some conversations on my end too, it, but I'm learning a lot of this, I think, as you are. So, I, I might ask some questions here that seem like, wow, this you have no idea what's going on. Uh, yeah, buddy, <laughs> you should ask. So, Nick, the floor is yours, is my guy.
0: It's always important to have a surrogate for the audience in here. You know, that's.
1: And if the audience is clueless, then I'm the best surrogate there can be.
0: I wasn't insulting you, all of you listeners like that. That was Ryan doing that.
1: I cannot read a room or otherwise.
0: He'll be getting a shirt with tire tracks for his birthday. (laughs) Because I just run him over, no regard.
2: (sighs) Yeah,
1: it's basically like bringing on a child and being like, I am the expert. And I'm like, okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, So a week ago, or as I should say, about a week ago,
1: about mm-hmm. a week ago. Well, don't tease it if you're not going to do it. That's what she said.
0: <laughs> we had, we were doing an interview with Brady Salisbury, and then Ryan burst in and said, "Hey, Josh Altman's been traded." And then we had a whole little discussion about that. Listen to last week's episode at the very end; that got tossed in there. And so then we went ahead and we had a whole discussion on it on that show. We were like, "It's very odd to trade Josh Altman." Especially when it's just straight up for Auggie Voigt. No disrespect to Auggie Voigt. Solid, I'd say, number two or extremely good number three starter in the American Association. Probably could get by with him as a one, but that's not the solid one. That he, He's not who we're talking about here. point was, it seemed like a lopsided trade. So I believe at that time I said, maybe this is Hobson related because this is odd. It shouldn't be the case. So I went ahead, post a bunch of stuff. And uh, what's neat is when you post stuff, people in the know tend to put you into the note
1: so yeah. did you I, I refer to it just shamelessly as chubbing the waters at this point oh yeah if that's i the, know there's something but i don't know what i'll just report on it as much as i can knowing that yeah. someone will say something yeah well,
0: it's <laughs> that's, even i bad. like
1: that we're using the same the same theory
0: <laughs> yeah exactly and like to give a little bit more insight on that if you say something that's like a little bit wrong not wrong but like a little bit misleading someone immediately chimes and goes you know that's not right and they're like mm. oh well then tell me what's right and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now we have a base to
1: work off of now. Uh, 95% of our life online for Nick and I is just mm-hmm. that song from Greece. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Did they have a bad relationship with ownership? Hey,
0: okay. ownership comes later on.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm there.
0: But yeah, so. And obviously, I won't mention the names of the people that were talking to us. That would just be a very poor decision for everybody involved. But I got filled in on a lot of details, and here's what I know. Apparently, the front office in Chicago is a little toxic. It's a little unprofessional and not the best working conditions. Now, the extent of that and the details behind that, I'm still filling in. But that's the general vibe from what we got is that it's not the best place to work as a player. We know at least one player had an opportunity to play internationally, i.e. in Asia or Mexico, and they turned down that opportunity because Chicago had promised them a contract that was very enticing. Again, specific details, I don't know, but being that there's a salary cap in that league, I got to imagine it's towards the upper end of what they could pay one player and reasonably field a competitive team. Uh, that contract was then either rescinded or never materialized in any event that disappeared from the player's potential and that led to some issues. Again, we know what player, I'm not going to say what player. We also got confirmation that both Butch Hobson and Joe Dominic, the two coaches that were released from the staff, were done over text. So... The theory I threw out last week of, you know, I heard one person say it, that's been confirmed. We know for fact jokes been fired, too. That was likely through text, but we know for fact Butch uh, was fired via text. That seems this
1: to be wild. Yeah, which is pretty much his career.
0: Wild. I know. I'm a complete baseball lifer to be fired like that. Major mm.
1: league experience, long-time manager. That is... I thought when that was said, I was like, there's no way to get confirmation on that. Cause you did mention that previously to me. Yeah. And I was like, it's going to be so hard to confirm, dude. It's because that's something that anybody who's aware will be ashamed of and try to downplay and people won't talk about it, but good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. I mean, he was, I mean, a major league manager, hmm. right? I for Boston. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like that's crazy.
0: I mean, that's why, like, at first I didn't want to believe it, but at the same point in time, I'm kind of done like saying, oh, I don't believe anything.
1: But yeah, enough three years with Boston. And fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, good. I mean, it's just shocking. to, I can't even hear it and still shocked by it.
0: Yeah, it's just shameless. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more on the Joe Dominique firing. Uh, he was fired during the playoffs last year at the conclusion of the Milwaukee series. Uh, I don't have double confirmation on it, but I do have one that did say the reason for his firing was he had requested from, I suppose it be ownership over the front office. I don't know which one in particular, but I imagine this would come more from ownership because they're more in control of that budget, that the players be allowed to celebrate with Champagne on the field after beating Milwaukee. And that request was denied, and then he was fired the subsequent day. So the following day, he got canned right before a championship series.
1: So we'll roll that into the alleged category, but the circumstances around it do seem to check out.
0: Yeah. So it, I don't know what to make of that, but if that was why you fire your hitting coach during the playoffs, that's a very thin-skinned reason to fire somebody.
1: That's that's, wild.
0: Yeah. So in addition to that, we also know that, at least six players have been rumored to be retired i don't know for certain we know one dog has retired that's lidge in the league made that public so that's probably unrelated to all of this uh the other five i don't believe have made any sort of public statement about being retired at least not that i could see admittedly some of these guys have their uh their profile set to private and I'm still waiting for a follow back that after this probably will not come but hey um, so, we'll see so maybe maybe we'll get it maybe we won't and um, if we see a goodbye baseball post with a little league photo then we know for certain that they are actually done and not just like I don't want to be here anymore done
1: that is the sign isn't it Yeah, it yeah. always is that yeah. and you, yeah. Need,
0: yeah, you need a hashtag blessed or hashtag thankful
1: Next up, maybe something like that. Yeah, a Bible verse. You're gonna need that Bible verse in there.
0: I want to thank God Uh, for giving me this opportunity to live my childhood dream.
1: That's my wife who I married two years ago and dated three years ago, but who has been with me the whole time.
0: Exactly. I'm with my four year old son. You
1: feel attacked. It ain't you.
0: (laughs) See, the problem is this describes like a non insignificant amount
1: of rosters. If it, if this, if you're listening to this and you're like, I think they're talking about me. We're not, and we also are.
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah. Keeping on the Chicago roster demo derby nice. here, uh, five players have also sought a home in other leagues. If you're paying attention to the transaction wire, including Ryan's transaction spreadsheet page that's you know, pinned on the uh, Twitter account? Yes, sir. Which would be?
1: At uh, Indie Nation on Twitter.
0: There we go. Get the plugs in. Uh, You can go ahead ahead and quickly see who went from Chicago to other leagues and other teams. So you could kind of start to piece that together if you wanted to. I'm not going to tell you to do it, but, you know, and I'm not going to say it's related to this drama. It could just very well be both sides agreed. They didn't want to come back or maybe Chicago didn't want them back or whatever it may be. And they went for another opportunity. But there's a couple guys there that have left for other places. Um, There have been also several other players that have expressed a desire to move but have not requested a trade. That is very important. They've never went to ownership and said, I want to be dealt. But privately, they have said, you know, a change of scenery would be welcomed. So make of that what you will. Again, that's more of a private thing that they've talked to some people about. So... If you're talking about in private, that means it must be bothering you on some level.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Supposedly, like I said, I've gotten more worried about ownership than front office people. But I will again say I lack confirmation there and I lack some confidence in that. But there have been reports that ownership is a little bit fickle. That they may be a little bit rushed to judgment E. I don't know. If you look at ownership in the background they have, they've worked in sports entertainment for a very long time. So I'm not sure how much that tracks to be involved with major groups like say, you know, the NHL and AEG and things like that, to be very, you know, fickle about it, to not be able to, you know, take some hits. I don't think you get that far without, you know, having a thick skin. So I'm not sure how much I buy ownership on that, but that being said, I did. Get a lot of people talking about ownership or mentioning ownership in all this discussion so that is something to note there um i will say also there have been several others that have vouched for the organization when i mentioned hey there's some you know troubling rumors to have you ever had a bad experience with them the answer from them was i haven't personally or they were always good i always had a no problems with them. So there have been some pushback on it. Some have said, you know, ownership is good or the front office is good or the org's good. Uh, I've just also received a lot to the contrary. So I do want to throw that out there that it hasn't all been one-sided. So as I said, it's developing. We'll keep updating. But the general consensus is two guys got fired over text. 11 players have supposedly left as a result of it or wanted to leave as a result of it. And at least one player turned down what would have been a very nice payday playing in an international league, only to be left empty handed. So that appears to be the situation as it stands right now.
1: Uh, is there anything like specific to the Altman situation that you were able to grab and that's shareable?
0: There I know it's trying, tough. Exactly. I'm trying to figure out a word this. <laughs> as far as no, all, it's pretty-
1: tough. To, you know, I, I understand too, because yeah. you have to uh, having just gone through the Gastonia drama. Uh, yeah, side of things, like it is tough because you have to find a way to express something or see if there is a way to express it without yeah. saying it in a way where only like one person or two people could have known the info, and they're very easily exposed to sourcing.
0: Exactly. So that's exactly to a T what I'm trying to yeah to do here. I don't know for certain that he was one of those guys, but from the way people were talking, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I don't know if he was the international player Mm -hmm. because I think there was a couple of guys like that. So I don't want to say that was him, but I do think there's a possibility he was one of the five others. I think that I would believe that. Solely because, like I said, that trade is odd and that was the thing that spurred a lot of conversation. So you don't get a lot of conversation off of a trade involving a player and then have that player not involved. That's just me drawing a conclusion from what I have. That's not someone outright saying he was one of them. I never had someone say he was one of them. But I could see that being a case.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm also thinking through, and this is something that we've now talked about in the past. And I'm. Working on some research on um, mm-hmm. where it, it starts to run into something. I'm hearing whispers of from other sources around indie ball that some of the worst ownership slash front offices to work with are starting to be exposed a little more yeah. as this Mexican league change really starts to impact. Where because yeah. not only is it are these organizations dealing with the front the frustration of finding players who want to play there and will not go aren't going to Mexico, but also it's these longer term relationships where all of a sudden now some of these teams are feeling betrayed because a guy now has a better opportunity in another league and he's, you know, looking to go there, which I think we're both of the opinion, get your money. Like oh, yeah. it's a hard industry. So yeah. Um that, it's even
0: harder when you're thirty uh, years old and not really having a lot of major league prospects anymore. Go get the right. bag Baseball doesn't and last forever.
1: Yes, and there's two things I'll, I'll throw in here, and then we'll get back to the real heart of the matter. Just for I, I think for clarifying points for listeners, the first of which is again something I dealt with with a lot of my guest during reporting. It is really easy to eye roll and you know dismiss anonymous sourcing, and, and I just re- remind people that the, I think there's times where it's like you know this anonymous source and like the NBA said something and you're like, guy right, put a name on it, buddy or it seems like it's just an internal pettiness at like a company you know essentially but at this level these guys are not making a lot of money they are not they are risking a lot by putting something out there yeah. um, that, that could be you know it could cause them to lose their job and have to find another job with who knows what when it comes to pay and who knows who they could be upsetting and who knows what repercussions they might deal with coming to another team who might feel like, well, we don't want him to leak something about something if you know if there was something newsworthy to happen. It, so it is a risk they're taking, but they're willing to speak up about something when they see something wrong. And I respect the hell out of that. Um, there are other people who want to an anonymous for something and they'll say something that's flat out wrong, and we've caught that before. We were just mm-hmm. talking about that before the show. And we do, and Nick, I, I'm happy that I work with you on a lot of things because you do a good job of, like, actually back-sourcing things understand the importance of getting two independent sources and all that. So that's why I like sharing resources with you, and we like to sort of bounce back and forth on what we've got. And um, that's, you know, that's why I am willing to sort of ride along with you on most things, especially uh, even if it's a weird one where it's kind of out of the blue. You don't really hear much about the Chicago Dogs, and you know, right. it's not like, you know, how Gastonia had whispers for a long while. Um, on the other side too, it, it is easy from a fan perspective to sit and go, wow, the guy's straight up leaving the country saying like he, one guy or another who might've played for your team for a year, might've played for six months, might've played there for six years. Um, suddenly being like, if you played there for six months, that's a full season. I get that. I said it yeah. though, and we're not going back. Um, yeah. but I would encourage you to remember a baseball player only has so many years to make money. They are already at an independent level where they're probably making two ish thousand dollars a month. Um they and only making that in the season. A lot of these guys have families. And also a lot of them, while they are leaving for more money in Mexico, it is still a sacrifice to go. Like they're willing to take on, take a risk, take a leap here and do something for themselves and bet on themselves going to the Mexican League. And, you know, just like any other profession, you really can't be mad about a guy trying to go get his money, especially a guy who's been good to a fan base and perform their best and try to give them a good show every night. So if you're feeling if a low part of you is like, but I don't, I, I don't like it. I don't like leaving for more money somewhere else. Try to find it in your heart. I try to push past that and try to understand that. Like, look, man, if the opportunity was there for you, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't go for it, but like, you got to at least respect the guy for shooting the shot and trying to bet on himself. So those are my two things there on the main holdups from a fan perspective, I feel in that reporting, but it's interesting, man, because really Chicago feels a random one to start hearing stuff out of.
0: Exactly. And just a couple points. First off, appreciate the words. Secondly, also in addition is for a lot of players getting a job is as much your own ability as it is who, you know, so you don't want to be, you know, telling a story, have it run back and look back on someone that could be offering you a job later on. Right. You may not be with an organization anymore but do you really want to burn a bridge and not be able to go back to it or do you really want to put somebody else in a bad spot that's in that organization and then have them be like well you know he really didn't make my job easy there for that like 12 month period so screw him i'm not going to give him that chance and i'm going to tell the people that i'm close with not to give him that chance either it's a real risk and so you don't want to take that risk and yeah. And I'd also say, too, it's one thing if you feel, I don't want to say betrayed, but if you don't like a player leaving, and it's on, say, like the major league level, I can understand that a bit more. The pay is a lot more comparable. And I don't want to say money's all the same at a certain level, but at a certain point, you know, you leave between 10 and 11 million, a million dollar difference when you already have 10 million coming in. I can understand being a lot more upset about that versus a guy that's gonna go from making really 12 grand for half the year to now jumping that up to like say 36 mm-hmm. that's a huge difference right just that 36 alone means okay now i can go play winter ball and afford to play winter ball and i could still reasonably come out and around like 50 ish which means i can survive you know myself perfectly fine. If I have a family, then I'll be pretty good. And you understand that, okay, your wife or your partner is probably, you know, shouldering a lot of the load while you're playing baseball because you're not really available, right? You're at the ballpark at like five and you're there until like 10. And then by the time you get done there, you really are just drained because you spent five hours playing a sport. And then there's all the mentally taxing side of things as well. So there's so much going on there that you're really not present in season. So you're asking that other half to really shoulder a lot of that burden. So if you can go and alleviate a financial concern too, you're doing a whole world of good. So this isn't just like, oh, well, you know, he's chasing money. Like, say, a major league level player would. This is, no, he's chasing a livelihood so he can continue to do this. That's what he's doing. And I think that's what bothers me the most about a lot of this where you, you, a guy has that opportunity and then you take it from him. Again, I don't know which player it is. So maybe they have a couple of years built up. Maybe it's someone that didn't. But to take that away from them is really low. To take away the opportunity to have that kind of financial security from a, die, from a guy, it just doesn't sit right with me. And yeah,
1: yeah, yeah y- that's a good read. Um, I'm uh, that touched on a couple things, and I think it's this is a national trend here. And I'll, I swear this will relate and it's going to come back. Yeah. It, but I think it's something to be aware of. And this is why actually it's something that a few days ago started pushing me to get back focused on doing the survey again for players about how organizations are. So I want it available like the moment spring training starts for organizations. So it yeah. will be like sort of immediate feedback and starting with accountability so which who knows owners probably won't care but it is what it is at least players will know but the thought is and this is uh, like I will say loosely our generation with an understanding that we're fringe um, that we are finding a lot of negative feedback about the way we handle our own careers for quote job hopping and the reality is in the way the current uh, career ladders are set up in our economy is that really uh, you're more likely to stagnate within one company. You used to climb the ladder, now it's more likely to not. And with that, your best opportunity for growth uh, financially and just professionally is very often to move from company to company about every two years, frankly. And that is sort of echoed throughout and you look specifically to baseball that forever free agency was nothing. I mean, at first it was everything in the original indie leagues and really get down to it, but it was, it became nothing where you play for the same team forever until they said you're done playing for them. And that same sort of loyalty is expected from ownership even today. Well, now understanding that is basically built in many ways for free agent think about how in major league baseball it's all about free agency when are you gonna be a free agent because that's where you can start to get your money and get your choices in order and choose where you want to be and all of that and it, it, there are very few careers that are really like that where you have such a limited window to do the job and honestly limited opportunities to go other places so for an owner to suddenly be like how dare you or just to kind of generally have that vibe of like well like we'll see about that or make things difficult. It's just wrong. And that's whether we're talking about, you know, your left fielder or if we're talking about your, you know, ticket window person, it's just not the way to do business. And I think that everybody should note that. that's why I think that hopefully getting that survey going, getting good feedback on it's going to be important because I think people should know if they're walking into an ownership situation like that. So I don't know that I would have, and I'm pretty, you know, me, I'm pretty in the weeds on good and bad front offices Uh, with that too. It's, an entitlement that multiple ownerships have, whether it's when we hear about a lot or not of, you know, when it comes to player housing, maybe, or employee housing of like, you know, Hey, everybody wants to work for a baseball team. Everyone wants to play baseball. I'd play it for free. And you know, they should be lucky. They they should be lucky to even have this and how dare them want something more. And that might sound crazy, but y'all, I've heard it from over half a dozen owners that I've talked to. I've, I've, ha- I've heard that mentality. No, hold on. Owners slash GMs called that because okay. uh, uh, it was probably less than six but when you combine the GM conversation when it comes to decision makers it just depends on the organization who's calling those shots so um, it, it's just that's a mentality it does not work that is not how you build a healthy environment and economy within an industry so that needs to be reconsidered immediately if that's starting to it continue to flourish within leagues because at the end of the day you'd play for free but nobody's asking you to
0: you That's the, that exactly what I was gonna say, so it, you got, flavor. <laughs> like, what are we doing
1: Yeah, yeah. And, when it comes and to, like, to get into the the boring macroeconomics of it, I can back away from it, but it's just yeah. it is a larger trend and one trend nationally in every industry when you start to probably nip a little bit because man, if we're only worried about the feelings of the people at the top, we're gonna be in some trouble here. Yeah. we were worried of if we were worried about the feelings of the people at the top we never would have started the revolution we would have never had this great country we would have never had dollar dog night what's and gonna be if great is up, if i cut really that dollar dog bit out
0: then that's just gonna oh, be like I know.
1: zero context but if you know me you still won't be surprised it'll feel normal
0: <laughs> but I, I will say the macroeconomic rant is is the point though it's that yeah. I understand, like they're lucky to be playing. And like every player knows, like, I'm lucky to have the opportunity, but at the same point in time, you're you're talking about them like they're unskilled workers here. This isn't like just replacing a janitor whose job is to sweep them up that anyone could do. Not anyone can go out and play baseball on a professional level. These guys are still highly skilled. You're still going up against guys that were largely all drafted, spent many years in a minor league system being developed developed, and for one reason or another injury age stagnation development whatever it may be over you know they got a better prospect at the position they were at and they're just like hey we're done developing this dude whatever the reason may be for leaving or not being an affiliated ball anymore they have this now that's just the reality of it that doesn't mean they're untalented it means they're still extremely talented they're still probably in the top what'd you say one two percent of people to play this sport able to do it professionally, and be able to hit a fastball coming in at 90 an hour. The average dude that's like, I'd love to play baseball for a living, can't do that, A. And B, if you're just doing indie ball, I got news for you, you're not doing that for a living. That's a side hustle, dude. Like, monetarily speaking. It's a full time grind. Mm -hmm. It's part time pay.
1: It's year round work for small pay a few months of the year. Exactly. So we're clear. Um, And, yeah, I mean, if we're getting into what's, you know, difficult, what is skilled labor and what isn't skilled labor, I mean, I'd I'd offer that skilled labor is playing baseball. I'd offer that not skilled labor, not skilled work that takes talent would be inheriting a bunch of money and buying yourself a team with your daddy's money. If, you know, your name was also at one point, your last name was gracing a ballpark in New York, for instance, perhaps around Flushing. If we're talking skilled labor.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, it takes some skill to be able to mismanage a
1: team. It takes time to start and run failed nightclubs and then start and run failed baseball teams that were handed to you pretty healthy.
0: I don't know who we could possibly be talking about, but...
1: Any case. certainly nobody who also said that people should be lucky and feel blessed to have empty apartments with no furniture. Certainly not. I, Maybe right to to this podcast? I don't think so. I get a funny suspicion he doesn't.
0: I don't think he does anymore. <laughs> if
1: like he ever did,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he won't come back around here no dude, more,
1: dude. I don't want to be negative on this one, but again, it's like if you feel like we've been negative a couple episodes, uh, or a dozen. I do think it's one of those things that in the off season, if you're making news, it's either because you signed somebody, in which case it's a quicker analysis, or it is it's something under the surface off the field that probably requires research. So it also dem- like deserves to be discussed in, in bigger detail. Yeah. So that's not what you're in for. Sorry, there'll be plenty of nerdy baseball talk. I promise you that. You know me. You
0: oh, know, that's no the whole back half this episode. We we will oh, really actually do that? the review that we've been saying we're going to do for three it's weeks. It's going to
1: get a little sexy. What? Mummy, I got a banger of a DM involving Pecos League. I'll have to tell you off pod.
0: Uh, okay, perfect. So, but getting more into the actual specifics of some of this here, we talked a bit about Butch being let go. Uh, obviously, Joe's case is more in the speculative realm or at least unverified realm, we'll say. Uh, Should that be true? Champagne, as we said, that should not be a deciding factor on firing somebody. Especially not that way. Exactly, or at that time. Yes. Like, the kicker is, they still would have been in Chicago. So you could have just called them up to your office and fired them.
1: Yeah. Unless it was a late night. Sort of thing which has the energy,
0: it does have some Willie Randolph energy. I will say that
1: Mm -hmm. fire one off Fire him at 2 a.m. in the The morning, big late night. Oh, you think this is about you? Oh, you think it's about you? It's about me. I don't know. We'll see. See what it's about. Yeah,
0: so that's just that's a problem there. I am interested to see of these six guys how many are actually retired and how many are just like retired till June. Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm curious about. Um, I want to know who are going to be the other guys that are going into other leagues. We know, like, just looking at transaction wise, there's like three or four guys that we could probably, we don't know for certain, but we could kind of confidently, like, say, all right, this is our list to work off of here. Mm -hmm. So, and again, if, if there's any enterprising individual that wants to go and look up those transactions, you can do that. I'm not going to confirm or deny any names. Cause again, I don't want to put anyone in an awkward spot, but, and also I don't know the full list. I have some good ideas and a decent lead on two or three, but mm-hmm. even still, I'm not going to say one way or the other on that,
1: but I think that's fair. We'll see how this plays. I don't think it's the last time we talk about the story. I think certainly yeah. it's going to be interesting. Um, season preview. Season. It um, oh. looks at, you know, new man. Also, next month. Yeah, oh, good lord. Don't even say it. I'm want to vom. Um, yeah. March. When I, what? Um, birthday is doomsday for me, big guy. Um it means we're about to be in season. And I am not ready to go. Um, but anyway, uh, I would say. I don't know. It will, will definitely, it will have to come up more because we'll be talking about the yeah. roster and, and that it's different and why it's different. It's just going to be an impossible story to ignore. And whether it's that it is a story or it's not, it could be a non-story. It could be nothing, dude. But exactly, I've seen that before. I have seen it. There's a major thing. It's a mess. It's a disaster. Something has to happen. I dig in. It feels, it feels like something. And then when it comes down to it, it's some unhappy people getting a bad read. Maybe there's a little bit of toxicness, but nothing. This doesn't feel like one of those, but hey, maybe it will be. And and frankly, I hope it is. But I yeah, like I said, I always hope all signs like yeah yeah
0: is that it's just we wound up having a bad read and we, went and put too much stock into one report than another, and that's all that really happened there. And then we go back and go, you know what, we were wrong. I always hope that's the case. But like I said, I I don't I don't I don't know. But I will say, in in favor of that though, Jeff iceman has been around for a while. So would he sign on to a group like that?
1: Does he know? Maybe. I mean, always, never underestimate the ability to not know information in Indyball. You and I have found how hard it can be.
0: Fair, but I mean, Butch has also Rude, been around Indyball. He's well enough ball. that
1: a lot of people could have been like, hey dude, watch out.
0: Yeah, but, just, but Butch has been around indie Ball in one form or another since like 1995. Mm-hmm. So like, you got to imagine that. Like, he knows enough people where some of them got to know about no isom and that that word gets around. Mm -hmm. So I, that's the thing. I mean,
1: yeah, you're right. And frankly, I mean, I had warnings about Lexington before I went there and I, I, I own it. I chose to ignore those warnings. I shouldn't have. So like, even I was, you know, even people found me to seek me out. So yeah, you're right. I wouldn't doubt that if there's something going on, you might've heard about it.
0: Uh, before we move on to the other and last piece of news for the week, do you have any other real major wrap-up thoughts, a summary on this? Hmm.
1: Um, not really. Um, on the whole, we'll need to dig in more on the Mexican League topic in general. I'm finding some difficulty. You know, I'm tracking transactions. I'm really struggling because... A lot of the Mexican league transactions don't actually show up in the transaction logs for every league or show up with any efficiency. So you got to go digging through Mexican league transactions and those can be hard to track. So I'm a little behind there. So I'm I'm hoping maybe it's some additional sourcing. Um, But other than that, no real news has popped out this week, if I'm honest. Um, Yeah. Just watching really closely as some of these rosters start to come together. um, I have a couple topics that I think we'll want to get to in the future involving, well, I mean, I'm sorry to spitball this. I'm just like, you asked me if anything's basic, I took this as anything on your mind other than like the one other topic we got. Hmm. Um, and uh, frankly, I, I'm, and maybe I'm putting this out in the podcast world to see if people are interested before I really go too far into it. Uh, I'm I'm starting to dig into use of the inactive, uh, inactive list in the Frontier League because there's some weird usage of the uh, inactive list among teams specifically, the one I'm seeing is Gateway. So I'm trying to dig in and see if there's anything there. Might be nothing. And then uh, the other one that got me was the fact that they don't update transactions at all in the, Amer- in the Atlantic League. Every Atlantic League team has most of a roster, just so you know. okay. But they have like six transactions listed max for a team on their transactions page. It's just a nightmare. And it shouldn't be allowed to fly. It's not allowed to fly like that in the Frontier League. You have, a, you have to get transactions into the league like right when they happen. And it's it's kind of embarrassing and it, it makes everything a real mess. Um, so I'm looking into what is going on with that. Is there anything that can be done to make that better? And yeah. And, and beyond that, the Atlantic League could just be eaten up by Atlantic League transactions. I mean, the what I heard today was that on the one uh, podcast episode that Rick Forney was apparently saying they've lost like... 13 players from last year to mexico so that's something that i need to do that's what that is in summary my obsession right now is transactions between mexico between america and whatever is going on the atlantic league including that so that's where my head's at if i don't come to the to the party with with multiple exciting topics it's because i'm in the weeds on transaction paperwork
2: Hmm.
1: so if anybody sees uh, me wandering around with my head and a bunch of paperwork. Maybe ask me if I had a like, glass of water lately and just check on me, see if I'm okay. It's much appreciated.
0: Have you had any water lately?
1: Hammered that coffee pretty quick, though, much. that much.
0: That wasn't an answer.
1: <clears throat> this is whiskey.
0: Well, send some drumsticks and a case of water over to you. <laughs> yeah,
1: sticks are so good, boys. Uh-
0: On that note, we'll transition off Chicago and uh, we'll see where that story goes to. We're going to go now to a real knockout of a story, and that is New England's branding because we finally got that today. I remember they were teasing it, and I just kind of forgot that they teased the release date, and then one day, bam, there it was, like Mm an uppercut to the jaw. So let's describe this logo as we always do on an audio medium, which is to say describe logos because that works great, and then we'll go through some of the details of it, and we'll get really into the weeds on our thoughts on yeah, it. It
1: feels like a podcast-like game is us trying to explain. We pick an Indie Bowl logo and have to explain it to the other person without saying like one of the words you can't say like from the team name. The other person has to try to guess it. We'll pocket that for now, but that is definitely a slow right, week type is, of episode.
0: That is so we're still so gonna use that That is so stuff. us.
1: That is the most Indie Ball report indie we're ball nation ever thing possible.
0: We're playing like some mixture of charades and Pictionary. Or it's actually kinda <laughs> like that uh it's like that heads up game.
1: You know, mm, yeah. You yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Damn. But, okay. That was good. Good okay. pull on that one. Yeah.
0: So this logo, uh, we got a bulldog with baseball, backwards baseball cap uh, in the center with crossed baseball bats behind it. But we only see the top parts of the bat. And then on either side, uh, there is a boxing glove there. Above the dog reads knockouts with little rivets on the top and bottom of each letter. And then New England above the title. Knockouts, that's just kind of a generic standard. Typeface on it. Uh, The significance behind the font of knockouts is as listed in the explainer graphic. The intense characters combined with solid ribs pay homage to the South Shore's industrial history. Not the only South Shore in indie ball now. Uh, the gloves, mm-hmm. the boxing gloves pay tribute to Brockton's infamous ties to the sport. I think it would be more famous than infamous. infamous yeah, I don't know about infamous easy. Yeah. yeah
2: that's, that's a negative so connotation.
0: Yeah. Uh, the ties obviously would be Rocky Marciano and Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Uh, the Bulldog with fierce teeth teeth and an intimidating face. The bulldog represents the bruiser personality of every boxing champion. There's also some other logos too, a secondary tertiary and word mark. Uh, The secondary would be a fall on boxer in, or not boxer. Well, I guess it is a boxer. It's the bulldog boxing. It has a little crown on it that has KO on it. It's in trunks and has a belt. Uh, That one is called the one, two, obviously is, you know, boxing term. Uh, The primary alternate features are champion boxer preparing to go to the, preparing to go the distance. His belt is visibly displayed, actively ready for its defense. The crown atop his head is a spin-off of Brockton's nickname, The City of Champions. The tertiary is labeled a true KO. It is the riveted K from knockouts with a uh, the bell you'd see for a boxing match in there. And they're set up to represent a giant KO. The term KO was coined as a shortened term. To the boxing phrase knockout. Obviously, we all know that. After a knockout, the bell rings three times the signal to signal the matches end. Our secondary alternate combines both of these elements into one. And then the final one is just a script word mark that says champions and the city of, and the same are a similar typeface to New England above the primary logo. Uh, that one is labeled One City, One Fight. Brockton's history should never be forgotten day we pay homage to the one and only city of champions although apparently joliet's also called the city of champions for what that's
1: worth The last year city of champions there i was trying to get lexington to go that way too yeah
0: uh the colors are named after boxing terminology so jab hook overhand bell and canvas uh jab is essentially just a dark blue or a navy blue hook is like a powder blue or Carolina blue. God, I want to spit saying that term as a Duke fan. Um, Overhand is a reddish or an orange reddish, I guess it would be, like red orange undertones. You get what I'm going for here. Bell kind of has a mustard yellow look to it. Um, It's like an off yellow, I guess. And then canvas is like a reddish white, an off white kind of thing. There's some other ones, some other secondary logos or colors in there. As well, but those we don't know what they actually are. They just have the fancy boxing terminology that's in the mm-hmm. press release that are in there. So uh that just about covers all of it. Do you have any real thoughts on this logo? Yes, no. Maybe um, do you,
1: do quick you, you thing is it? I have a confession to start things, which is um what is it? That nice the I caught that. I caught the Liesna maybe can you repeat the question. Yeah. Um Malcolm. Frankie Muniz, shout out to his NASCAR career. Um, so, I, I will confess first of all that I maybe am—I have lots of thoughts on logos, while not necessarily being the best logo guy. Because I was thinking about how a cool, like, alternate or logo for this team would be like the like maybe if you own the dog thing, like no. the dog's arm, like flexed, like a boxer no. would, with like the glove, and then like "ko," like right on the muscle tattooed there, oh, there right on okay. the bicep. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, have you watched So with uh, A little bit, not much. Where there's a scene where they're trying just to meet some guys to be friends with and they have like the flexing thing and then okay. they realize it doesn't look like that at all. Looks a little bit phallic and I was like, oh, that's just what I'm describing. That is, almost almost got a, almost got a, uh, you know, not to, you know, jump that's on the Chicago, the Chicago Dogs territory, to to almost, show. Got, oh, my God. Uh, almost got a wiener on the hat there. So, yeah, I was like, hmm, maybe not. So yeah, you know, all in all, I should shut up, but I will say, I mean, this is fine. I think it's good. Frankly, Jackie, my wife's her first reaction was, "Oh, it's like it's cute. I like the dog." And like, dude, I hate to say it, that's a lot. That's most of what you're going for. Oh, it's cute. I'd buy a shirt with that on it. You know?
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's really nice. I'm gonna yeah. be interested to see when these uniforms get announced. And I should say another nice little point about this uh, Frontier League page. Article is uh, it mentions that they're going to have four uniforms a home alternate, mm-hmm. a road alternate, and then a home and road primary. So I'm interested to see what they look like. I think there's some real potential here. I hope the God, we don't have a powder blue logo because our jersey set because I think they've been overdone.
1: Yeah, it's overdone. Elevate. Yeah, we, um, we, that yeah, that dark color, by the way, could be a cool top color. Whereas I was even thinking going to canvas color instead of just a white home jersey. That's, that's what, what I was thinking. Like, the canvas like road
0: white could be really. At least
1: have the off whites. They wear on like Sunday day game or like day home games, and they oh, yeah, actually.
0: Cleveland had cool. those too for a little bit, didn't they?
1: Uh, there, it's not a bad look, man. I, yeah. I would consider, it, especially for like an old school town, kind of like Brockton up in New Hampshire, like or in, New England, like that would be a vibe.
0: Brockton's in Massachusetts, sir.
1: Yeah, no, that was get your New England at. states correctly. My, my, my best friend, he's living up in uh, New Hampshire right now, and it's, I'm trying to talk him back down from it. So there's been a lot of New Hampshire talk lately in my life. Um, fairly,
0: New England is very nice. It's it's a very nice part of the country.
1: Yeah, no, that's why I'm making the pitch. Well, it's like February and March up there. Um, hmm. Season of the sticks. So I, I I'm glad you said it because I was going to. Um, oh, yeah, God. man, it's just uh, it's tough. Uh, I like it. I I think this is a good logo. Honestly, it's been such yeah. a sloppy rollout that I was kind of like, I don't know if they're gonna be able to land this plane. Honestly, uh, I think it's been good, and I think that's a good. They needed a win, and I think that this has been a win so far. So let's see if they continue it. Mm-hmm. I, I this is an organization I'm rooting for, and a community I'm rooting for. Um, I've been kind of negative, but it's because they've not done a lot right so far. But this is this has been very alert and very organized and very. This has felt like the first thing from them where I'm like, okay, like they went through the proper channels and did this right. So that's I'm feeling good about that. That makes me happy. Yeah, this was way. good enough that I went hmm, maybe they'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I do like the little outline, like a spike collar with the uh, part of blue outline. I do think that's kind of cool. I'm not always huge on having like a word mark and a primary. I kind of just like the primary in there, mm. but you know, I'm I'm open to it still. Overall, I think it's pretty solid. I do like it. Like you said, I think it, it sells merchandise. I could see getting a shirt with this on it or depending on what the hats look like, I could go for a hat with this. Mm-hmm. I do think the, there is a lot, like I said, there's a lot of that kind of powdery blue. Uh, I'm not huge on this like what, like, what do they call it again? I'll use the term they use. I'm not big on this hook color. Mm. it it does seem to be a little overpowering in the main. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit of change up there. Maybe they tried it and it just didn't look good, but I'd be interested in seeing some other possibilities on that. But that's really my only critique. I think it's a solid logo. um, Especially given the current style of design, which is not my most favorite because I prefer more of a classic, timeless kind of look. And Mm. I'm not necessarily sure that's what this is, but I
1: also don't think so, it's a Sunday morning cartoon vibe or Saturday morning cartoon vibe.
0: Yeah, a little bit. It's way better than I, than I said about the Evansville thing. I still defend that oh. Evansville Otter looks like a Nick Jr. cartoon, and I'll go to
1: my grave. I, that. I disagree with you, but I understand where you're coming from.
0: So, you know, I think of this current era of design style for logos, it's definitely up there as far as ones I really like. I will say some of these secondary ones, I think the KO... I don't know. How I feel it was a KO. It feels a little bit much. I do like the little dog here. I think the little dog secondary logo could be kind of cool. And the City of Champions script, I think it's just kind of nice to have. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, I wish they would have rolled it out a little bit better than the way they did. I think that's a fair yeah, that's critique. Fair. But, you know, that said, I always thought what would have been cool is if they would have been able to do like some sort of partnership with like, I don't know, a local like gastro pub or cavern or something like that and do like either an unveil party as part of a watch party thing for something. Like being that they're New England, one of the big things for New England is the Beanpot tournament. So while they're playing the Beanpot, obviously you pick the BCBU game. You could have had a watch party for that and then during say the first or second intermission either unveiled the jerseys or unveiled the logos and I think that would have been really cool. And it would have been a great way to engage the community. You could have done a whole big event around it. And it would have been a nice thing to see. Maybe you could still swing something like that for the Jersey reveal. Because it says in the coming weeks. And obviously, now that we're in March, we're really in the heart of like big sporting event season. So you can go ahead and make something work. Maybe with March Madness as like a watch party for a Final Four thing. Obviously, that's a little bit more very beginning of April. So maybe that's a little later than you'd like to do for an unveil. But still, it's something you could do. And I just would like to see a larger community event where you get people in the community to go and show up for this. You know, even if it is more, I don't want to say a free event, but a low cost event that you got to eat a loss on to engage the community and have an opportunity to sell some merchandise at the event, get mm-hmm. people some ticket sales and whatnot going. You know, overall, I think that'd be a, a net positive decision to try and do.
1: Yeah. I, I'm 100% with you. I, I, I'm not gonna, I, I almost don't have anything to add. You kind of said exactly what I thought. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think it's solid. Yeah. Uh, also, I've landed on one other topic I have for you that okay. before we fully hit, it's a f- very quick one, but okay. uh, I'm just gonna say it now before we I say I got one before you fully transition to the salad review I, or review, whatever the hell. Yes. So, sorry. Are we good yeah. on the. Not gonna yeah talk. i mean the I only other totally like, really
2: uh,
0: i
1: literally thought i was going to forget it's so like uh blah.
0: yeah like the only the only thing i would say is uh one other thing i thought that would be kind of cool is if they would have done like a video unveil and maybe had mm-hmm. like a local celeb or the guy that you want to make the face of your uh, organization outward face you know kind of like the ogden owner doing the videos and stuff mm-hmm. uh have them walk around Brockton and the greater New England region going to like sites that mean something, sites that relate to the team brand and whatnot. And then if possible, and you still had like the old gym that they referenced here, like the the trainers that were the big deal up there. If that gym still exists, yeah, uh Perinelli, if uh Petronelli. If they if that gym was still around, have like it the video end with So now it's time to, you know, like get in the fight or something like that. Have them walk into the gym and either then go to a close up on the door when the door swings shut. That's where the logo is. Mm -hmm. As you went through the whole thing of explaining it, or you could just tilt the camera up and have like a banner there with the logo and the word marker and all that there. And then you could even repurpose that banner if you wanted to do it physically, as opposed to just adding in the logos and stuff in the post by putting that up in the stadium and making it a thing so i thought that could have been kind of cool obviously i don't know how much staff they have on maybe that just wasn't possible and obviously interns really aren't a thing in the winter for baseball teams even though there's enough colleges in new england i'm sure you could have gotten one or two to run a media thing but still i think that could have been kind of cool probably could have gotten some play out of it and if you keep this video around a minute or so you could put that up on like TikTok and youtube shorts and you know, that's an Instagram reel as well. That's going to get some play and some share and whatnot. So, right. I thought that could have been kind of cool. Obviously, some work, but it could have been kind of cool.
1: There's a lot of fun stuff they could do with the aesthetics here with the boxing theme. Hopefully, they start to kind of get that worked out and figure out. I mean, hopefully, whatever process they seem to go through that felt pretty legitimate with this, yeah. Also, was maybe with some branding company or some brand marketing or branding people who know what they're doing and gave them some like thoughts to carry forward. You know, like. Yeah. Even like just ballpark design stuff, like I'm thinking, like railings could be painted to look more like the the ropes around a boxing ring. Like there's tie-ins all over the place that you can be like, oh, it's a cool like immersive brand that actually is like when you when you bring it into everything you do. While it sounds small, we're talking paint jobs on railings, like it does. You buy in more on the brand, and you can then be like, oh, we're this is who we are and you actually buy it because you can see it's like kind of identified and hinted to and reflected everywhere. So I'm hoping they don't go halfway with it. I'm hoping they really, I, they talk about how this is the identity of the city, but like then they, I hope they embrace it like that. Cause this does seem like a good start. So let's see where they end up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Well, what was the story you wanted to uh, talk about?
1: Um, this is somewhat circling back on my point of frustration with the Atlantic and transactions. But I will point out that over the past week, call it week or so, uh, Hagerstown's brought in uh, A- A- Yuri Perez, Joe Palumbo, uh, Parker Markell, and then on more familiar terms, Wellington Dotel, um, oh, okay. Abiatol Avelino, um, Jose Lopez, and none of those are on the transaction list. It's ridiculous. Um, but the... They posted and I might see another Twitter. They've posted recently another picture of the construction going on at the ballpark. Okay. What's your vibe? Are they is it feeling behind? It's like two months out from opening day less.
0: Very well could be. Hold on. I have it in a different thing. Bookmark the cam and, of it. While you're I'm looking look at that,
1: I'll just say I've talked to you about four different construction people, one of whom is actually familiar with the site. Okay. And so far, two of them, including the guy that is familiar with the site, were like, "It feels behind. Like this is not where it should be, based on where Opening Day is." However, oh, I'm the other two at this
0: now. Yeah. have all already that.
1: works hands on with ballparks. I'm like, eh, it's not too crazy. It's not. Okay. That doesn't raise any red flags." So it's a split on it, which is not what I want to hear. But I'm tempted to believe it's okay. Because I don't honestly, I don't know if they'd be sharing pictures of it if it was behind. I remember because the Lexington field was behind because of bad weather all off season, and uh, we were like, we're not posting pictures of the turf updates anymore. <laughs> all
0: right. no, um, there. Uh, so yeah, it, if you it, just, are you looking at the live feed of it right now?
1: Um, I'm not. I was just looking at something they posted on Twitter about a week ago, okay. but um,
0: I know, I'll I'll just share it. It'll be maybe easier. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: like that's where we're at. I mean, seats. There are no seats, but seats aren't that big of a project. The video board goes in. in
0: about we got the building up days. right here.
1: Building's up. Yeah. Um, board up. Turf is probably a, can go in about a week. It should go about. It should be about three weeks.
2: Yeah. Also,
1: if you're putting turf in, please, 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 please. Begging you have some games on it before you put your professional players on it. Yeah. Like, right just trust here. me.
0: Right here's so uh, need some work. The bullpen on it. Probably, maybe. No,
1: no, that's not going to be the bullpen. You wouldn't have a cement wall there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I don't know what that's going to be. Is that going to be stands? No way.
0: No. That's just it. No, that's right here. Area. Yeah. Constantly.
1: So it feels like maybe a picnic area type thing. Not literally, maybe not. You know, It would like be group a group area.
0: sale area. It could also just be a storage thing. Mm, because Whatever, wrong. what's going right here? Thralling podcast content, by the way.
1: Sorry, yeah, hey, just, you it just—you guys can check it out yourselves. Yeah. Um, but it, it is interesting to watch. And yeah. what's, what I've right had not. not that's, oh, that's probably to long. have a couple of people, people be like, oh, I, oh, I don't, don't know about probably. it, and a couple of people saying it's fine. It's just yeah. interesting. But I'm well, look at these guys.
0: Look at fine. these guys. Like,
1: like, the other I know it's fun watching guys working. Look at them
0: doing a job.
1: Doing a job,
0: yeah. Got the foul pole over
1: here, yeah. That pulls up. I think that's cool. By the way, putting up the foul pole early is great. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. The, that's how they know, should right sit. right here, baby. Run a flag up on the uh foul pole every day, so that way uh we can tell where the progress is.
1: Honestly, not
0: dude. Bad. That all oh, I implore anyone building a ballpark will be awesome. As if you raise a flag further up on the flagpole, the closer you get to completion. So, it's almost like a progress bar.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do those for all my spreadsheets so I can track stuff because it makes me feel better. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm, I vouch vouched the idea. That'd
0: like, I'd be kind of cool. Training. Plus, then you can make it a whole big ceremony thing at the end, too. Where it's like, we're yeah. going to finish raising the thing, and then boom.
1: I Just a W it. flag,
0: like it's the yeah. Cubs. I feel you. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. I'm stealing that a little bit, but
1: very Chicago. No, choice. I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I think it's a good concept. Yeah.
0: Before we do this South uh, review, because I think the South review is actually going to be relatively quick. Because I mean, three teams suck, two teams are good. I just want to throw it because I did see it this morning, and we'll talk about more in depth next week. Any real thoughts on those Oakland jerseys? You seem confused, uh, so you haven't seen it.
1: I got to check. You know, I'm I'm trying to... It didn't really strike me at first, and I kind of had to keep moving because I was busy. But
0: I'll be honest. I'm just okay on it. And I do find it funny how everyone took the AAA announcement to be like, oh, my God, they're going to play AAA ball. And I'm thinking, oh, it's cool. They got AAA, like the car company sponsorship.
1: Yeah. Um because... I but, I just deeply do not like... Those ads, basically. Oh, no, whatever. I mean, it's any ball. It is what it is, but like... Grabbing it, but the the, the red
0: ad on that jersey just like... Oh, it does God,
1: it looks so bad. At least make it green. Because you have a white... On the green, you have the white. That's why yeah. you should to white on just about everything. And you have it on the yellow, too. I get you can't do the white on the other one, but you have to... I, I would... Find it unlikely they don't have a black logo they can run with. Um, thing, right? I and
0: they got the other ad on the arm. At least it looks like an ad on the arm. The BA, thing. Yeah. I think it's like an uh, art logo or something.
1: I just, oh man, it's so weird grabbing the A's colors. Yeah, I don't basically
0: know. Basically, it, it's basically A's jerseys, right? Like, it is.
1: They're A's jerseys. They look like especially um, the pullover. You know, like the pullover is really bad. A's jersey. Yeah yeah I mean the that's called i mean the b the, the yeah the pull over the logo underneath the Oakland is like the generic logo you get in now the park baseball yeah um, it really is honestly it gives me genomes genomes vibes,
0: so the white one at least I'm okay on that looks all right, although again that triple a logo man, it chaps my ass, let's see. Although I will say, someone under the reveal on Twitter mm-hmm. said, "Wow, the ballers got a jersey sponsor before the A's." And I'm thinking, that's not the flex you think it is. Like, are we no. like who's watching their favorite team and being like, "Oh shit, boys, MetLife sponsoring the boys this year. Let's go."
1: We're in. We made it.
0: Yeah, we're gonna go 52 and 110, but. We got MetLife on the squad. Like god, get the hell out of here. I don't want an ad on any jersey. They're evil and awful. Oh my god, yes.
1: Yep. Yeah. The, uh, if you if you look at the Genome's word mark, the baseball logo in the middle is basically the same. But it's because it's a generic generic logo. There wasn't a lot of thought in the Genome's logos.
0: I look the Scrappy's little card there.
1: Yo, love Scrappy, man. You know, i good got to word for her. Uh, this is a pro Scrappy Hopkins pod. Many would say the best hey, I made that player up. in the history of the league. Or I didn't make that one. I made the other one. No, wait. I made this one. I literally made this book. <laughs> so the weird, shameless like, yeah, like plug
0: from right. Ryan to be like, oh, yeah, I'll, look oh, at the I one made I made.
1: The, the, baseball <laughs> the baseball is in our DNA. The baseball in our DNA. That was Jackie. Oh, wow.
2: I hope she got yeah, paid for
1: that. So. Bro, no, of course not. I barely got paid for that. Fashion in our DNA also stole that one. I was pretty happy about it. Anyway.
0: So... so. Let's let's go ahead and stop talking about Ryan's vanity project to talk about the team that replaced his vanity project in the
1: South Division review. Yeah, man. I'm about it. Um, uh, I, I'll let you take lead here. I don't know how you want to go about this, so I'll just sort of let you roll. I yeah, will say in advance, I guess sorry, I'll don't talk about your team as much. Yeah, I, I guess, guess I'll just, just roll, roll through
0: it kind of the same way we did it last time, go over some basic ground facts, and then we could just kind of take it in whatever yeah, the direction. the
1: Lancaster Barnstormers because apparently that's what we did.
0: Oh, yeah. Discuss that the very person briefly. person who
1: commented that we, like, didn't talk about the Barnstormers. Didn't comment, gave a one-star review. That's right. Wasn't necessarily wrong. I get it, but you have to understand that Barnstormers review was basically, Barnstormers are still very good at baseball. Second half Stormers are a legitimate issue. And then it turned to talk about other teams It was more like, what do these other teams have to do to catch the Barnstormers? Like, the Barnstormers are what they are. Same coaching staff Going to be a lot of the same players. Like, we know this. It's a review, not a preview. They didn't do anything they didn't do the year before. So we need to talk about, can the Ducks figure it out with, new, with Lou in charge and chase them down? What went wrong for them and the other teams this year that didn't last year? So if you're not happy about it, well, then maybe your team should have done something different than they did last year, but they did the same thing and it was win a championship. Congrats. Sorry. Yeah. Like we talked that about and we mentioned that.
0: Yeah. That and also they were a bit upset at the grade we gave Ross Peoples in the manager review, which again, I'll defend because I believe it was a B. It was either B or B, plus, but I'm pretty it sure it was
1: B would consider your team has only showed up for half a season to your Thank around.
0: you. That's what I was going to say. Got it. Like, Yeah, they showed up for the half of the season that matters and yeah, if you're only going to do half the work, pick the half that the counts. <laughs> Facts. So like, look, I'm not hating on that, but like at the same point in time you can't expect me to give them the same grade that I would give like Jamie Keefe just because you won two championships one of which you probably wouldn't have won if Gastonia had gotten their shit together off the field. So, you know, just saying.
1: Facts. I mean, yeah. I think you nailed it. It is what it is. That is I mean, fake. it's a very impressive run. It's, yeah. Show it's for more back-to-back championships half. and the most, maybe the most difficult any league to win. Yeah, We so, say we will. Only 40% of the teams make the playoffs. So we talk about hardest to make it out of the frontier, true, but not easy to make it in the Atlantic.
0: Yeah, which I will say, though, they do benefit from, from the half system.
1: Oh, yeah. Which
0: if they is, didn't have the half, that's, I think that was part of our reasoning why that B was there. If you had, like, say, one, that's a fourth
1: place team in the North Division. If there were no halves in 2023, yeah. so and I believe 2022, I'm pulling it right now, they were a second place team, so and they would have made the wild card, but fair.
0: Okay, yeah. so they guys one. Yeah, okay. so I'm just saying now, let if they get into the playoffs again, if we make the colossally dumb decision to do that report card again. Then, then, we'll revisit it, and I'll be way more open to upgrade it to a B plus, maybe an A minus. But like, look, I need to see a little bit more. I'll put it like this: If we gave Mike Pinto a B plus, Ross people's getting a B is fair.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So. There we go. Now update your one.
1: And I'll say the other thing, too. Yeah, Yeah, I sat in your ballpark in 2021 while people were openly yelling that Ross needed to lose his job. I heard it multiple times. So settle down like you weren't calling for his job two years ago.
0: Uh, Now that we've addressed that. All right. So ALPB South, uh, high point, best record, 78 and 46. 41 22 in the first half, 37 and 24 in the first in the second half, plus seven overall in the record. So, very good. Gastonia 79 and 47. Same record as High Point in the first half. Second half, one more win, one more loss. Two more games played. They get screwed because winning percentage is a thing. And that was a worse year for them, somehow, with nine fewer victories. But still, having the most victories, I believe, in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Or would they be second? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they'd be first.
1: Uh, run that question by me one more time because I feel like I got confused in the middle.
0: I already can get the answer. so.
1: Was, High Point had the best win percentage in the league. Yeah, but, but there was question Stony marks around that. Yeah, I guess Stoney had the most Yeah, the and there was a sketchy rain out at the end.
0: Yeah. So there was that. Then, after you get these two near-80 win teams, there's a little bit of a drop-off. Charleston would be third overall. fifty-three
1: games, dude. That's crazy to see, isn't it? Yeah, 56
2: uh,
0: and 70. It is still three more wins than they had the year prior, though. I had 24 true. and 39 in the first half, and then 32 and 31 in the second half. If I have that written down correctly. Uh, yeah. And then Spire City and Lexton damn near identical records. Uh, Spire City, forty nine and 74, 26 and thirty seven in the first half, twenty three and thirty seven in the second half. And that's eighteen fewer than the win pr- than the year prior. However, the year prior they were, what team were they?
1: No, the genomes, baby. There we go. I sent in their DNA. Point. I
2: was. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Shown COVID uh, testing. Three minutes that gift.
0: Lexington's the last team. 49-75, 31 and 32 in the first half. And then they had a beautiful second half under Barry Lyons of 18-43-7 wins. Fewer than the year prior. High Point won the first half. Gastonia won the second half. Gastonia won the championship series to lose to those aforementioned barnstormers. That's what we have here.
1: Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, I'm just absolutely smacked in the teeth by that start of the second half that Lexington had. (laughs) Like, I forgot that. I always forget it happened, but good lord, I mean, what? So, I'm trying to think. I was 62 games in that half started, I think. Something like that. Uh, What was that first half record? I'm sorry, man.
0: For Lexington? Yes. 31 31 and 32. 32. Oh,
1: all right, gross. So from there, they ended up. Oh man, what? Two and eighteen start. I think a two and eighteen start to the first half from there. Pretty because they were they were thirty one and thirty two, and then a few weeks later they were thirty three and fifty. At their low, they bottomed out at a thirty four and fifty six. So that was a three and twenty four run. To start the second half, goodness, dude, three and twenty four. I I don't know why. I just I said it once, and I saw I saw it in my head as like in the standings a three and twenty four, and I was like, oh my god. There's some good boys on that team, by the way. Like yeah. I want to trash those guys. I think they were in a bad situation, mm-hmm. but and we talk a lot about like what Gastonia was dealing with, but it seems like Stan had a similar situation with you know how little these weren't getting paid out money, and the team got sold after the season. So there's something. Um, yeah. I mean, that's... But boy, and and we learned more and more about the Mantra situation there, too, and that was a bad deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was just a rushed operation that it felt like it was a sale that got done hastily and it was ownership that walked into a situation that they didn't either realize or didn't appreciate how bad it was mm-hmm. and then it became evident clearly on and then it all just kind of came apart and unlike Estonia it wasn't as public.
1: Yes. Yeah, Gastonia um, really had quite a run at the start of the year too. I'm just sort of reviewing the schedules real quick before you get into specifics on it. I mean, boy, they were 40 and 18 at one point. Good Lord, I know. How about it? Yeah. 31 and 13, 32 and 30, and 13 actually at 1.2. Dang, that's that's a run. But 79-47, and they had to come on strong at the end and to, to make that work, and they did. Um, high Point, man. Yeah,
0: let's let's go to High Point actually. That's, yeah, let's talk
1: like, High Point because High Point's interesting to me because they're so good constantly yeah. and they fall short constantly, and it's confusing.
0: They, that's the thing. Like, and I can see why some people would be annoyed that we ranked Jamie Keith in A minus because mm-hmm. like they don't win, but like they always are competitive. They're always in the yeah. playoffs. They're always doing good. Fourth year from this past year, and I kind of had them both as like a good batting team and a good pitching team where they excelled at both areas like they were good at both of them and it's just a complete team and i don't know what they need to get over the hump it just feels like they have a bad series at the wrong time to have a bad series
1: they do it's so funny you're right i mean they opened the season 16-3 they barely won the first half they needed a gastonia collapse to make it happen Mm. Remember Which, they came surging back and then got them on last day of the season. Uh, last day, I think perhaps. they beat Castenia for it. Remember they played each other for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that one got overlooked because York completed a historic collapse on that front.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah, um, those jabronis. Yeah, we probably. Yeah, man, that was that was a hell of a run. Actually, now I think about it. Um, now I think about it. But it, you know, you you forget a lot happened. But yeah. I mean, forty-one twenty-two, something like that in the first half. They were both same winning percentage. I think over mm-hmm. their first sixty-three. Crazy stuff.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: man, that something uh, like and the thing is too, I don't think we appreciate that Gastonia high point first half thing as much because we all both understood uh, like whichever one doesn't get it now is gonna get it later.
1: Right. And that's part of the, the issue with two half system is seeing how bad the other three teams were it really sucked the drama out of the situation. I mean, first half we're looking at about you know, 660, 651 winning percentage for both teams over the first 63. Nobody else was above 500 in the division. Um, one team was below 400. The other team was close to below 400. So no one was competitive other than that. So, yeah, it does suck the drama out of it a little bit. It's mainly – because even that, it's it, it added drama a little bit to the north because you knew right away no one was going to catch them. So it had to be like, if Gastonia doesn't win the division, like – there's no wild card, you better go get it. So that's, I yeah. guess, fine, But I Yeah, know. but it
0: Weird. also kind of, it makes you think about the whole division as a whole, because now you have three teams that are just terrible. So are are we beating up on bad teams, right? I mean, like, we're going to get into these other three. I have no problem saying mm-hmm. that Charleston, uh, Lexington, and Spire City were bad teams. I mean, sure. like, I have all of them graded as either bad to meh in yeah. each <laughs> of those categories. Like, yeah, because like Charles and I have meh pitching, bad batting. Invert that for Spire City, meh batting, bad pitching. And Lexington just bad.
1: That's a fair assessment. We should use that scale more often.
0: I
2: think
1: you're
0: um, pretty, pretty spot on,
1: but... Yeah, I mean... So, and obviously... I'm just sort of... Yeah. um. Go ahead, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I was going to just say like, obviously that kind of criticism is more valid when you're only playing your division more. But even still it's like, look, you're beating up on some really garbo teams here. Are you really like this? Or is it just that like you're not being tested? No, I think the answer is they're both really like that because when they played each other, it was, you know, some heavyweight bounce between high point and Gastonia and then against the north. I would love to know what their record was against the north. I but, can
1: actually do pretty well with that. Just you keep working, I got you.
0: Yeah, it's because like If their record was positive to even just about 500, that tells me, okay, then they're not just beating up on bad teams. They're legitimately good teams. It's just, I don't really know what to say. But yeah, the whole way that like the oil separated from the water in this division makes it both interesting and not interesting to talk about. Because you wonder like, how do you have three just horribly mismanaged situations or just dud years? And then two studs, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does not feel spectacular, um, and, and it sucks. It does kind of take the wind out of it a little bit because you want to be like, "Damn, like we, what a what a treat that was!" Yeah, to have those two teams in that division, but it kind of isn't that. It kind of hasn't felt that way, at least. And you yeah. know, and then it was also sort of overshadowed by the drama around Gastonia. Almost takes it away from high point a little bit in a way they don't deserve. Because it throws yeah. the last on it. It's like, well, every team in your league sucked, and the other team that didn't suck was, you know, on the verge of collapse the entire time. Um, mm. which, again, that's, that's not actually how I feel, but I do feel like sometimes that's the way it's perceived, which is unfortunate. Um, I, oh, let me run the winning percentage on these. This is actually some interesting finding here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I this so hard sometimes. So I got high point at, a 541 winning percentage okay. against the North division. But I got yesterday okay. a 667, a 44 and 22 against mm-hmm. the North. Now they did, I'm trying to look. They really didn't play Staten Island much. I don't think. Sorry, Staten Island, but that's kind of the way I'll look at it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But that is interesting. Huh? Sorry, but that, that so they did. I mean, look, if you're doubting it, yeah, they showed up. They did both did well, but boy, did Estonia really do work.
0: Yeah, they just, yeah, that is that's interesting. So, I mean, I guess it really does uh, prove that they were just that good of a team,
1: honestly. They were legit, both of them, frankly. Um, oh, you know, good. they did Estonia did beat the hell out of the fairy hawks, actually. That did happen. I, I remember this now, so I'm like. Nine and one against them, I think. Okay. Oof.
0: I wanted to take us off track very briefly to point out one very important thing here because I got a promotional email or text rather from the Lee Valley Phantoms saying that they Ooh, have two cool. tickets for $29. That That's a deal for all these March home dates. And I can confirm to you that the first Friday of every month through the first period, they have dollar dogs.
1: Hey, America. But
0: Yep, and also Happy Hour Wednesday, uh, Unling or Miller Lite, two dollars every Wednesday game. Hmm.
1: I I was gonna say I uh, I think I might have a hookup for some sweet games at mm-hmm. the Phillies, so I'll have to keep in the loop on that one. But anyway, I'm good to see a team that you know respects the American traditions. Um, I, I I'll point this out. I kind of have a running list of. This is a weird way to. Go. To classify this yeah. i get that um but i kind of keep a running list of guys that i'm just like solidly above average ones that you look at on a roster and you're like that's a plus on the roster yeah. um and, and usually i mean there are less of those than there are not those so we're talking about dudes and guys um but I, I will say i mean among these teams uh lexington throughout the year of their regulars had about seven of those guys i would call a plus player Okay. Charleston, Spire City both had nine, and then High Point and Gastonia had fourteen for High Point, and sixteen for Gastonia. Just sort of doing a quick look through. Like it's kind of, it's a difference. That's a that's yeah, a roster.
0: It's a little bit different.
1: And we don't talk about High Point's you know offense as much, and they did not. The the gap was offensively, but Oklinski, DJ Burt, Ryan Grochon. These are these are uh, these are some Wheel, Michael Russell, John Nagowski, like. Damn son,
0: yeah, these are some
1: guys. Bam. Bryce Hensley had a low key year, by the way. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. But yeah, he honestly, it didn't look good on paper, but like the peripheral for good. What Luke Redens lead if he comes back, which I think he is, have a year. He went through fifty six innings, but and the ERA wasn't good, but everything else around it suggests he should have had a better year. So watch, watch Bryce, watch my guy.
2: He's gonna to be the
1: uh,
0: just. I was trying to figure out a way to quickly make a a joke about music and uh, baseball at the same time. Well, let's Rocking on the field. Over. There you go. Nice. All right, I'll take it. It's, you know, not my best work, but it's good enough.
1: I've seen worse. Yeah, but I mean, what what's the thing? What do you want to hit on here so we can kind of follow a path? Because right now my brain's just grabbing things and saying them. So yes, that's not really that, I'm kind way.
0: of at the same point here because like the thing that I keep coming back to is like. I feel like nobody really exceeded expectations of this division, but everybody just about met them. Like High Point and guess Sewing were good, like we expected them to be. Charleston and were bad, like they were expected to be. Although, admittedly, in the preview, I said Charleston, I could just see falling ass backwards into the playoff, which, you know, in theory, in the, uh, there was an outside shot of that, extremely outside, but there was an outside shot of it in the end, but didn't work out. And then the, really the only one that failed to meet up was Spire because everybody, except for myself, I want to point that out, was mm-hmm, really right. high on Spire City, and mm-hmm. they just failed to launch. So, yeah. you know, I I guess that's kind of like the main takeaway here. We didn't really talk about too many specifics with, like, Charleston, for example, but the thing is, like, a lot of these teams, they're just like, yeah, it wasn't good. They didn't get the batting, they didn't get the pitching, they didn't get whatever they needed. I don't know what else to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's sort of
0: like I hate just to just like, much
1: else, so, yeah, yeah, I hate
0: to dumb down the analysis and whatnot, like, I really do, but I, that is really what it comes down to, like, straight up. They just didn't
1: get uh, it. yeah.
0: Like, I can go into more detail about what particularly they didn't get, but I just, just I didn't get it.
1: I can give a little more where I really felt there was a difference, I think, was depth, which is always a thing. I think a lot of the teams, especially in the Atlantic League, will find this. I think Pioneer League are more likely to find something where one team is just completely outgunned on a talent level. Hmm. Um, just straight up, there's not much they can do. I think here in the Atlantic League, where uh, there's more high-profile names, it's the first stopping point for a lot of the like high-talent guys you start to see a bigger fall off on the back end of lineups. You start to see a bigger fall off on, you know, your backups, who your backup catcher is, um, your middle of relief and late game bullpen guys. I, I think that's where you really start to see some holes open up. Yeah. Um, and, and like the big one I'm looking at um, it, a lot of times like fourth or fifth starter. Like it, realistically, if you have between your fourth and fifth starter compared to your rival, you have one that it kind of hangs with your rivals fourth or fifth starter and one that's just behind and just probably shouldn't be a, a starter in this league yeah if you lose that game you know a third of the time and the other team is 500 you're losing like eight extra games throughout the year like it's weird to think about but like if you have a guy who's just costing you what roughly 17% of his starts more than, you know, the other team, like that right there is going to bite you. You're going to be losing, yeah, about a week's worth of games over the year to your rival if they just have an average guy who can hang. Um, And that's where you start to get it. I mean, if you look at Lexington's starting rotation right now, from last year rather, I mean, Eikhoff was there, but he came and went. Um, None of those guys I would call like above average contributors were starting pitchers. They had four solid relievers throughout the year.
0: Well, does Um, that go back to just to kind of cut in the experience mm -hmm. factor on a lot of the managers on this front there, where Jamie's been doing this a while. Goose has been doing this a while. Billy's been around the game for a bit, but you know he hasn't been a head manager for that long. So that's a strike against Charleston. Mark's been around for a while, but he's bounced around to like three different teams in three different years. And again, I don't know how much more managing experience he has outside of this recent little run. So that could be a strike against Barry Lyons, obviously new to the whole indie ball thing. So I don't have much of an expectation for him to have a built up uh, recruiting network. So that's a strike against there. And so it comes down to off the bat failure to build a good roster. And then it really fell apart when you couldn't find replacements for guys as they started to either be released or purchased.
1: That's fair. And it's also, it's it's such a big ass to put together an entire roster. Like it's so hard. Because mm-hmm. I, I look at it, if we even stick to that, Spire City, I, I would say had four good starters throughout the year. Yeah. But and, and we saw that, but their um their offense was soft at times and they had maybe one good reliever throughout the year that I would call consistently good, like a about like a plus reliever compared yeah. to the league. And and he was a uh, he only pitched part of the year as Brady Feigl, And I would And he also, by the way, to his credit, I would call him a plus for Lexington. So for two different teams, he popped up on my list as like a plus guy. So shout out to Brady. Um, But yeah, I I mean, Lexington, I don't think they had a good starter among the mix. If you look at like the bats on Lexington, I really, Connor Owings, uh, Thomas Dillard, JC Encarnacion, but like that all of them had the sort of, I don't know. It's just, it is. That's what it is. I, I think you did summarize it well, which is there were two front offices that felt like professional front offices throughout this year with who supported their managers who were the right guy in the right spot. And it was Gastonia and was High Point.
2: Yeah. And
1: those were teams that got the results. So those were teams that had the best roster. And there was no mystery to it. Spire City was obviously a, a weird in-between. Mark's good at what he does, but you know it's hard to bring guys into a, an operation like that. It's hard to make player to be named later deals when you aren't going to be around later. Um Lexington was Lexington. Charleston had it together, but Charleston's offense. I mean, we know there are some always weird situations in Charleston. Uh, we don't talk enough about how bad that offense was. I mean, they had Bobby Bradley, Dwight Smith Jr., and huh? Like poor Troy Bacon and Joe Testa, and then we're just going out there and hoping. And they go up three <laughs> runs and be like, well, ballgame. Like, that's kind of what it was. It was one of the most irrelevant offenses I've seen in a minute. Um Can't really go Island. Back for Island. Yeah, and they put up more runs per game of Senate on Lexington, but like we're, Lexington was killed by that weird stretch they had. Then they were fine kinda other than that. It was Charleston was just throughout the year scoring like three or four runs per game only. Um they kind of kicked it up a little bit toward the end of the year, but there was a soft part of this year where you're just like, dude, what are we doing? Um and you know, it's it's weird to see, but I, I don't know. Um, now I think that gets fixed this year. That's your silver lining for Charleston because PJ recruits hitters like nobody I've ever met. Um, I, if he can keep some of those bullpen and starting pitch, pitchers, that'll be a gift because he has not uh, he, so far. Looking at PJ, I know this is not a preview, but I'm like I'm trying to give Charleston. I've I've just dumped on Charleston quite a bit, so I'm trying to give them a spin. Oh, I'm trying uh, to give. He's just going to bring hitters. He's just going to bring your hitters. It's going to be the question of. um, can he keep it? Because when he went to Lexington, he did not have a pitching staff. And I love PJ. He's not as good at bringing in pitching. He's, I don't think it's a priority to him typically. And then he went to New Jersey where he could bring his hitters again. But his, but good luck recruiting pitching to that ballpark. Um, yeah. So this is his first shot to maybe also be given a pitching staff before that actually pre-exists. We don't have to find one from scratch for to compete at Atlantic League level, which is a nightmare. So he has a better shot than he has. So I would look for Charleston to be a little dangerous. But um I, I don't know Lexington gets it together this year. I'm not optimistic.
0: Yeah, I mean they're going through a lot of change, and also I also think just getting it together off the field is a victory for mm-hmm. for Lexington. And yeah, I think, will
1: be okay. I think they're and yeah. Highborn are the two most likely teams to keep last year going. I yeah. think this year should be more competitive in the league though, because I think yeah. um Spire City's gone, Southern Maryland's in huge.
0: Oh yeah, and, that changes it all.
1: Yeah. Dude, and Charleston being in... Lexington could get a bad... This could be a bad year yeah, for Lexington. Good. That's not probably talked about enough that this could be really brutal. Because they're not retaining many guys. They don't have many guys to retain. Frankly, as I said, they had, what, like six above-average players last year, and I think three of them were gone at the end of the year. Um, Dude, I no, the seven above-average guys, three of them were still around at the end of the year. Um, I don't see a world where... They have an easy time putting this together, and that's not even a negative comment. I know we have hesitation on on you know the coaching staff over there, but I think there are some good pieces there. I, Mikey Reynolds, shout out by the way, he's over there. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I like Mikey. I love Mikey. Who doesn't? But I do. It makes worry sense with Justin
0: Fiorella as the GM. That Mikey would go over there, though.
1: Hell yeah! No, and that's a good sign. By the way, they're letting Justin yeah. do things. So I do trust Justin. I think he was handcuffed <laughs> by his last the new ownership. I think Justin is probably a great move for them. I don't know him personally, but I hear good things. So yeah, no, I've met him a I couple think times. Him my balls letting him once. cook is probably a good thing. That's probably tracks everybody should have. Um, but I I just worry that boy, is in an uphill battle to compete in that league next year. This could be the mo- there is potential for this to be the most loaded division in the Atlantic League in a very long time. Certainly in the era of five team divisions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't I mean, remember. Really I mean, there was a point
1: last year where we thought the Atlantic North was the best division in any ball. Because remember, yeah. Staten Island got hot for a bit there. And we are like, oh, this is I was like, my good. boys are coming in. And then oh. Staten Island was hot for a minute with uh, Lexington. Uh,
2: York yeah, is Staten doing Island good.
1: Was York was running. We were... Long Island was Long Island. Oh, yeah. 36 games in to the season, the average winning percentage in the Atlantic League North last year was 693. The average winning percentage in the Atlantic League South was 497. With, If you don't include our two stars of the show, it was a 362 winning percentage average between the bottom three teams. Some boys
0: are carrying there.
1: That's tough. They were the three worst teams in the league, and I think the two best by winning percentage. Yep, they were. Almost the entire year. Good lord. Actually, the basically the entire year, man.
0: The thing is, we have no real. Yeah. I think we're starting to go around in circles on it
1: yeah sorry about that so, i mean it wasn't that uh, in depth we didn't really go through rosters but it was hard to go through rosters because what are we going to say the entire high point roster was nasty the entire gastonia roster was nasty and there were some stars of the show in charleston lexington spire city but they didn't have support i mean that kind of is what it is and that's what we're looking at and who might be able to fix it southern obviously spire city is a different conversation but that's yeah. where we're at so sorry if we didn't name as many players you want to name in this one but like it's hard too because the two teams that really deserve named players, it's too many to get into. And then the other teams, it's like these guys, but also it was kind of not relevant. So it's tough. Exactly.
0: So uh, that just about does for the review of the Atlantic League. I guess review of the American Association is up next. Want to do the American Association yeah. East? That way we can talk more about Chicago?
1: Yeah, dude. Let's stay on theme. I'm cool with that one. All so right. Do
0: that. American Association East next week. Uh, we'll see if we have an interview. I don't know if we will. I do know that there is supposed to be one the week after, if I'm right. So we will see. We just got one or two things to hammer out there, but we should have one within the next two weeks and then one shortly thereafter, too. So you'll know when we know. So that's all there is to it. Uh, Plugs. I guess you could do plugs and then I could do plugs and then we can leave.
1: Yeah. um, Indie Ball Nation, Instagram, YouTube. Twitter and keep an eye out. Um hopefully she gets some stuff posted. I would say that, but like as I said, I just had a bunch of stuff and then I got a hey, maybe don't post that yet on it. I was like, okay. So I don't know anymore. Apparently my life is on my own. I'm in pain all the time.
2: Anyway.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about? This is this is high level stuff here. Um Indie Ball pod on Twitter, Indie Ball part everywhere else. i I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to give up my my crusade on putting up off-season content because I just don't know if that's going to happen.
1: It's so <laughs> hard to do, dude. Because it it's supposed to be easy, but then it's been such a busy off-season. It's been crazy this year.
0: It's partially that, too. And then there's also just like, I'm not sure about you, but I have a lack of motivation to really get it going. Because it's like, I want to do it. It sounds good in theory. Then I sit down and do it. And I'm like, damn. There's so many other things I could
1: be doing instead of this mine has recently really been I'm struggling with there's so much I want to do I don't know where to begin and then I don't or I do something all at once and then like it gets 90% of the way done and it gets held up either by myself or someone else so we'll see if I can break the trend the good news is I've in my like weird medium procrastination I have a lot of the stuff ready for the season so I'm my season content's solid already because like I know what I'm. I already have that See, stuff with. That's out, the
0: theory on what I'm going to switch to. It's just produce a bunch of stuff whenever you can, have it backlog, and then the more time-sensitive stuff force that out sooner, and the evergreen stuff yeah. hold on to it when you need it.
1: We'll we'll take this off pod, but I I have some theories. and I think we should we'll, we'll Let's have go back to the planning meeting. We together. need yeah, yeah for the season because I got some. I know how I want to do things. I think people like it, but I want to make sure we it makes sense with the two of us since we worked it. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so now that you guys have been in that meeting, um, uh, thanks for listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, don't forget to uh, play ball.